Good day, friends. Welcome to Wednesday and today's episode of Enough for Today for June the 21st. I hope you've had a good week. Our week is off and running. We've had a lot going on. And I would ask you to pray. Uh, the roof work began on the school, Emmanuel Christian Academy. The roof is uh, under replacement the next six weeks. So what a massive job. So pray that that, that the price will not rise too much on us. It's hard to... Uh, to know what's under all that rubber as you pull it up. So there's some unknowns we're dealing with, but we're moving forward by faith. We believe this was the right moment and we're asking God to provide. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, by the way, reach out to me at pastor at abcnewington.com. Um, anyway, we're enjoying a great summer. We have teens at teen camp this week. We have groups tonight. Our final week of groups for the second quarter ends and wraps up tonight. So I hope to see you on site at church. I hope you'll pray for our teenagers. And today we are in Psalm 80, and we're picking it up pretty much in verse 12. Verse 8, 9, 10, and 11 describes metaphorically the nation of Israel, God's vine that he brought out of Egypt, um, that he planted in the nation, in the, in the promised land, that spread out its roots and its boughs, and the hills were covered with the shadow of it, the boughs thereof were like goodly cedars. This vine was greatly blessed and established and developed by God in the name of God, and it was a glory to God, and it was uh, the joy of God's heart. But you'll see elsewhere that this vine uh, was a corrupt vine. It grew, it grew bitter fruit. It was a fruitless and a rebellious and a, and a, and a, uh, a defiant vine. So God was required to do a purging and a pruning and a, a chastening work, and We've talked about that in John 15, the pruning, purging, chastening of God. Every branch that bears not fruit, he takes away. The dead wood of the vine, he, he throws aside so that it can be burnt up. It's good for fire, but it's not good for fruit. And we've, we've unpacked that in church, and we see that in the New Testament. There's two senses of the way the fiery judgment of God works. For those that are not believers, they're separated from God forever. Uh, in the lake of fire, in, in eternal separation. And for those that are believers, it's it's not a judgment as much as it's a, uh, it, it is a judgment, let me say it this way, it's not an, it's not a, um, it's not a punitive judgment. It's a reckoning, it's an accounting of our lives at the judgment seat of Christ. And it's more of a reward ceremony. We don't face the penalty for our sin at the judgment seat of Christ the way that unbelievers face the penalty for sin at the great white throne judgment, two different judgments. The judgment seat of Christ is where we receive crowns for the gold and the silver and the precious stones of our lives. But it's also where we shed some tears of regret because of the wood, hay, and stubble that is burnt up in our lives. And so Jesus uh, is the true vine, and we are the branches and God is the gardener. And just like Psalm 80, he was, he, he was a gardener in the nation of Israel, gardening that nation towards fruitfulness and towards his glory and towards his purposes. So he's doing the same work in our lives. Well, that's where the parallel is. This is an Old Testament picture of ancient Israel. It's, it can be brought forward to today as a picture of God's gardening and cultivating work in our lives. And our tendency, like Israel, to forsake the giver of the gifts and to... Um, elevate the gifts as idols and to get away from God. And then, and then God me- needs to intervene when that happens. 
But the real fulfillment of this was Jesus, okay? The real, and you're going to see that in the coming verses. So we pick up today in verse 12. Uh, one quick thought that jumped right out at verse 12. So as he's describing 8, 9, and 10, and 11, the nation of Israel under God's blessing, now verse 12, look at the first word, why. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her? The hedge was the protective uh, fence, the, the, the stone wall that a, a farmer would put around his vineyard or his farm to protect it from intruders and uh, to be able to guard the fruit on the vine. And so the image here is that God's made Israel vulnerable and that others are taking advantage and stepping in and exploiting and oppressing. Verse 13, he uses the animal, the animals as metaphors for the Assyrians and the Babylonians. The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. And now verse 14, return, we beseech thee, O God of heaven. This word return um, is to turn back towards us, to uh, bring back, to restore, to recover. In other places of scripture, it is used to have a sense of pity or mercy. Um, Psalm 90 uses this return, O Lord. How long? The same kind of phrase. Return, we beseech thee. We're begging thee, O God. So this is the prayer of intercession. Lord, um, we are repentant. We are seeking you. We are interceding. And we long for you to turn back towards us and to restore what's been taken away, to restore what's been wounded and broken. O God of hosts, look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. The idea of visiting is, is come back and restore it and tend it and give attention to it and care for it and, and renew it to its, uh, its, its rightful state, uh, its promised state. Now, oh, there's so many things flooding through my mind. But I want to go back to verse 12, the word why. You ever just want to ask God why? And God gives us permission to in the psalm. He, he preserved as his eternal word the ancient prayer of somebody going through a very dark time in their nation. And he preserved the, the phrase or the question, why? I want you to see something else. He does the same thing in verse 4. O Lord of hosts, O Lord God of hosts, how long? So, this psalmist in prayer, in intercession, is questioning God. How long are you going to be this? How long is this going to take us to go through this? And why are you doing this? Now, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times in my life where I have the same questions of God. How long and why? Um, when, when God brought us to Connecticut, I spent a long time asking him why. Why? Now, it's easy to see why now, looking back 11 years but, but when you're in the throes of that, that transitional disorientation, when you're going through something dark that feels despairing and hopeless and depleting, when you're going through a low time, you, you, you just can't even imagine why. And you want to ask. And I think there's some great value in the practice we see in the psalmist here. We've seen this many times of sitting down with God in a private devotional time to seek him. And, and in essence, that, that discipline, the psalmist writing this prayer out is countering the emotions, countering the experience. 
It feels like God's turned away. It feels like God's forsaking us. We know God's dealing with us. We know God's chastening us. But we also know he's providential. We know he's allowing these things. And so we're going to still pursue him. We're going to still seek him. We're going to still pray and believe that he's hearing us and believe that our prayers make a difference. And we're going to be open and honest and raw in our prayers. We're going to ask him how long. We're going to ask him why. Uh, We're going to plead with him. Uh, to intervene, but but through all of the pleading and the raw human emotion of it, that's going to all be built on a deep core foundational trust. We still trust him, um, and that is going to be evident in the fact that we're talking to him, we're praying, we're worshiping, we're transcribing this prayer, and we are seeking his face. So my friend, it's a safe thing to ask God hard questions. It's a safe thing. It's a good thing to take your desperate heart to a private moment with God where you're laying out your challenges and your hardship before him. So maybe today you need to sit alone with God for a little while. Maybe you need to shed some tears. Maybe you need to say how long. Maybe you need to say why. And maybe you need to sit still and quiet and let his spirit minister to you when you open up your heart to him with those questions. He welcomes that kind of prayer. Have a great Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow.